0: I think what I'm also saying is being able to say no has set me free. You cannot say yes to everything, you know, like it's not going to allow you to have any sort of balance in your life. And when I look after myself and my marriage and my family life, I have huge amounts of energy to keep building JS Health, to keep nourishing the JS Health community, to keep being a boss that's inspirational to my team. Um, That's a big new focus for me is how am I going to be a good role model? I can't do all that if I don't fill my personal tank first.
2: strap in.
1: How does a wellness blog transform into a business valued at over $200 million in eight years? Jessica Seppel is our latest guest. She started out by blogging her health journey back in 2014. And fast forward to today, she has three books under her belt. She's developed the JS Health online program and app, and she stepped into the world of retail by releasing her own JS Health vitamins range. Her sole purpose as a clinical nutritionist and founder is to help women restore their relationships with food and their bodies. She built JS Health on the foundations of helping her community live better and healthier lives. Jess bared all in this interview, she opened up about why she's uncomfortable with the level of success that she's achieved, why she's sacrificed having a family in order to grow the business, and her guiding principles to building a strong virtual community that she calls family. We kicked off the chat by asking Jess if in those early days she ever imagined the level of success she's experienced so far.
0: No, and actually when you say it, it actually feels quite uncomfortable for me. So at the moment I'm just grappling with that, you know, how uncomfortable success feels and how do we get to the place of feeling worthy for of our success. And I've worked I will say I've worked really, really, really hard, probably harder than anyone can see or think through the eyes of social media. Um, I've worked really hard. So that aspect, I feel very confident um, in that everything we have been able to create has been a result of just damn hard work Mm. and it's grueling and it's been tough. It's been nothing but challenging. So, but when you say all those things you just said, it doesn't feel comfortable for me. And I absolutely did not think we would reach this level of success. I mean, my biggest dream in the world from the age of 13 was to be a damn good nutritionist in private practice. And it gives me the chills because it's still my dream. Mm. Um, my dream is to be back in private practice with my patients, talking to women and really connecting to what they're struggling with. And I am so blessed because I'm able to do that on a much larger platform now and reach so many beautiful women and the Jays health girls, the Jays health community. They are my best friends in the world. So I'm so lucky to do it on a bigger platform, but I miss, and that's, that's was my, that was always my dream just to be a nutritionist in private practice, have my little like clinical coat on and talk about vitamins and talking about diet and lifestyle and adjustment and really seeing how these adjustments in their diet and lifestyle and vitamin intake could change their whole lives. And some of my best memories of my career is being in private practice.
2: It's interesting that you say that that is still your dream. And I'm curious, do you feel that um, you know, listening back to your success, you know, the value of your business, the size of your team. Do you feel that that feels a little bit uncomfortable because that's not how you define success for yourself?
0: I think so. I think I've really realized, I mean, really like financial success really doesn't make you happier. And I say this with Pure honesty, the journey has been so much more gratifying and like so much more satisfying than the KPI and the valuation of the company and the financial success. I can't even tell you when I think back of the journey. When I think back to the journey of Jay's Health with my team, oh my gosh, like that makes my heart Mm. explode. But when you tell when I when I when I see the KPIs, we're hearing. When I um, hear how much we're valued at, it doesn't have the same. It's quite disappointing. The feeling, actually, interesting. <laughs> um, it's just not as like as much of a high you would imagine. It being, um, Maybe it's because I have, as I said, had a really challenging year. I lost my best friend. I have really struggled with my mental health. So things have just been jolted into perspective yeah. for me and I can have all the money in the world and have huge amounts of success in our company. And it's great. I'm so, so proud of the team. That's what I feel. I think it's not me. It's the incredible team behind me and it's amazing. And I'm in awe of their success and their ability to create a company from nothing but it's def- it's definitely not um, you know the valuation of a company or the financial success that. that- takes me out of bed every day and and keeps me motivated to keep doing what I'm doing. It's the Jay's health community. It's the way our vitamins are changing people's lives and giving women the confidence they deserve, the way our recipes are made in every, you know, so many households across Australia and around the world and how little kids are eating our kids multivitamin and making our smoothies and drinking our smoothies. It's like, (laughs) it really is those moments. It sounds so cliche and people will be like, Oh, she's just saying that. But like, I'm really saying it from the, the absolute truth of what I feel. And so is it
1: those moments that have kept you going? Because if this isn't your definition of success, how have you managed to keep on going? Because it's a hard slog. You've built a big business. Yeah. This isn't easy. Why have yeah. you kept pushing aside from kind of those moments of gratification through your community and your employees?
0: Yeah, I think it really is just, I you know, when you're an entrepreneur in your heart and you do, you create a business out of pure passion um, which was exactly how Jay's Health began from the beginning. You can't help but get out of bed and just keep serving your community and keep nourishing them. It is definitely the Jay's Health girls in the Jay's Health community who have got me out of bed every day, and I do it for them and my team. There have been so many moments of wanting to give up the business, to be honest, over the years. It's just you know, as you know, it's grueling and. It's just so much hard work and you have to push through so many challenges. <laughs> so it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely the people. Like, honestly, it's the people who I, who motivate me every single day, whether it be my team or the community or just our customers now who mm. are telling us how, you know, taking our skin and digestion vitamin has cleared their acne and suddenly they have confidence to leave the house without makeup and be the best version of themselves. Um, I think that is, that is what is the most motivating thing in the entire world. Um, no, it's definitely not the money.
2: It is really interesting because we've had this conversation with lots of women in our community as well. And I think if you are building a business and you have a big vision, it's very easy to get caught up in this idea of like being a global brand, being a multi-billion dollar brand, getting investment. And I think there sometimes is a little bit of a bit of ego in that.
0: But I think what, and I can see now, sorry to interrupt you. I can see, I can see how easily you can have an ego. You know, there've been moments of me needing to just, thank God I have the most, um, I would say grounding family and support network around me. Dean and I, my husband, who's the CEO, we have, incredible families, um humble, grounded parents. And I think I can see how easily if we didn't have that, how easily the success would go straight to the yeah. ego and becomes then suddenly our um, you know, sole focus. Yeah. I think where I've I have to be honest, where I've been very what I've been very successful at is maintaining my maintaining my vision and maintaining my heartfelt passion for what I do. So I'm very lucky because Dean manages the business and the company, my husband and I then have been able to maintain, um, supporting the community and, you know, helping people live a healthy life.
2: I think you speak to the importance of having a really clear purpose. It's something that we talk about. Sorry, a really
0: clear purpose. I'm not being very articulate. No, no. no, no. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think I've been able to really, really, um, yeah, maintain my purpose and my mission to help women live a healthier life and that's that's something I'm very proud of myself for
1: yeah right so is it helpful having someone else that is kind of um building that and creating and seeing that vision while you are there just kind of running alongside and like you know harnessing the community building the products like is it is it helpful to have someone
0: do that It's so helpful. And if there are any female entrepreneurs out there, I really, it's one of my biggest pieces of advice is like, you know, stick to what you're good at and find other people smarter and better than you to do the things you don't want to do.
2: Mm. I'm interested as to how within the business you make critical decisions, because I think, you know, when you are, you know, a small business, um, you have to make decisions that feel right for your brand, that feel aligned to your vision and your purpose, but you also have to balance that with making decisions that are going to make money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, at the end of the day, we all need to, exactly. you know, have a roof over our heads, and of course, it's important um, to protect ourselves and take care of ourselves. And of course, we all want to be, you know, financially mm. stable. I guess.
2: Have there been decisions where you have just said no because even though it was the right commercial decision, it didn't align to your purpose, or or vice versa? Were there times where you were so clear that you wanted to create a product or execute a campaign, but other? people in the business were like, well, that's not a very commercial decision. Like, have you ever had that tension?
0: Oh, all the time. And I say no much more than I say yes. Mm. That's the truth. I mean, I got sent a fat burning or sleep chocolate just a couple of weeks ago, which is great. And I'm sure a lot of people would really love it and would sell probably really well, but no, it just didn't feel on brand. I definitely say no more than I say yes. And you know, what happens is the first thing that comes to me is the Jays help girls. I can't describe it. It's like in my heart. And I think And I think of them and I think with this serve them and, and with this nourish them, um, no, I'm definitely, there's been lots of moments of not feeling like something is right. Mm. And that's really why we created our own product line because I, I was so passionate about vitamins and minerals. I saw the way they transformed my client's life when I was in private practice. Mm. So I just wanted to have something that I truly believed in as part of the JS health ecosystem. Um, and now I just say no to pretty much everything else. You know, I think where another place where my my team and I have been very strong and successful with is intuition. Mm. The minute something doesn't feel right in our gut, I have trained myself and the team to be able to say no. And it takes a lot of courage and strength to say no, especially when money is flying at you and deals are flying at you. Um, And then I've, I've just realized when you get that icky gut feeling doesn't matter how tempting, tempting it is. It's never going to be a good ending. So, and I've had lots of moments of doing something where it's, you know, where it's, I, I, I remember saying to myself, oh, damn it. I should have listened to myself. That was not a good idea. It's only happened maybe once or twice, um, in my career. And that was enough of a big jolt to remember and learn to only say yes to the things that get me excited and make me feel like they will truly, um, nourish the Jay's Health community.
2: How long into the journey did the pendulum start to swing for you, and did you start to feel like, okay, this actually could be a business?
0: Yeah, it was probably when we launched our first eight-week program, um, because at that stage I had two books out, and as you may know, as a as an author. nearly said as a journalist, as Mm -hmm. an author, you don't make that much money. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very nice for a young 20-something-year-old girl. I remember getting my first um, book check and it's very, very lovely and it was a nice big sum of money. Um, but it's not enough to, you know, secure you for the rest of your life. So it was when we launched an eight week program because the community was loving the philosophy and the recipe so much, they were craving something more tangible, a journey that they could go through to really truly learn how to live the JS health life. And it was when the eight week program got launched that I realized, Oh, (laughs) Hmm. yeah this is like really setting Dean and I up and so much so that he transitioned across from his tech company to JS Health to be the CEO.
2: What a journey. I mean it's
1: (laughs) interesting because from the outside looking in you know it there is this formula, I suppose, that people build the community, monetize the community, then they, you know, build, write the book, sell the book, then the program, and then the physical product, which yeah. you're at now. So
0: it it looks quite intentional,
1: but it's interesting
0: that it you does, say- It actually. It, it does. Funding. It really does. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even have the thought of having a vitamin as a product until I would say maybe it was exactly like three years ago. So- during the program, I remember it, we were so, I mean, that's when I had to hire staff members. We were so inundated with work just from an online program, um, you know, customer support, helping manage them, go through the journey, tech issues with the program, which just this little program that still exists. <laughs> and it's actually my favorite product in the whole of the JS Health that. ecosystem. It's the most transformative product I think we have. And we hadn't, we, only then, because of the su- success of the program, did I think, "Oh, maybe I could sell products." Mm. And I, and I, I, you, my whole life i have been this like obs- this vitamin obsessed human being. I don't know why. And it was <laughs> the first, this first product. You can ask my sisters in my bathroom from the age of thirteen or fourteen. I had rows and rows and rows of vitamins in my bathroom, and I used to go to the pharmacy mm. and talk to the pharmacists and the nutritionists and naturopaths about each formula and what makes it amazing. My ho- honestly, my whole life, and my grandparents were always taking vitamins, which was very rare. Mm. All those years ago, you know, I have a grandmother who was meditating, eating her papaya and lemon water and taking her vitamins. That, that was my her. upbringing. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. So I was very lucky enough to have been introduced into that world. And vitamins were just like that thing that got me excited. You know, when you ask an entrepreneur, like if you could create any product in the world, what would it be? A lot of people might say active wear. I could have easily have said active wear. I could easily have said food because Jay's health is all about, Mm. you know, whole foods. And I can't quite explain it. It was just this like burning passion to create a vitamin product. And like, and I saw the way it transformed my, as I said, my patients' lives. When I was practicing as a nutritionist, I saw the way it helped me and my family members. I've seen the research. So I just it just was a fine. Belly, but there's been so many failures before the success, which I think people don't know about. Like, we got scammed. We lost tens of thousands of dollars trying to create a vitamin with someone who really didn't know how. Um, and my husband looked at me one day and said, Jess, unfortunately, this is just not what we're going to be able to do. Like, it's too much of an expensive process. And let's think of something else. And at that time, I tried to create a healthy cereal, healthy Cocoa Pops. <laughs> which were delicious. And I still wish I could create them. And also that became enormously expensive and just not commercial and just didn't make sense. And then I went back to saying to my husband, no, I really want to create a vitamin. And at that time, which I can tell you now later, um, I got introduced to an amazing manufacturer.
2: (laughs) So can you tell us, take us on that journey? Because I think creating a physical product
0: it's a whole it. different ballgame to digital products. <laughs> and expensive. They're very expensive. So if we didn't have the money from the eight-week program, there is no way we would have been able to create um, vitamins. So just for just full transparency, Jen and I have never been given a cent for the business just until recently. We just got our recent first round of investment. But I, until then, six months ago, we hadn't even had a cent given to the business from our parents even. So we used the money from each product to create the next product. So the money from my books helped me create the eight-week program. The eight-week program helped me to develop an app. The success from the app and program helped me to develop the first vitamin. Um, so we so but still at that point I remember my husband Dean saying, I just don't know if this is going to be like doable. And who was I to think I'm going to sell a vitamin company, like a vitamin brand, you know, just because you're an influencer and I have books and I have a social media following does not mean I'm going to sell vitamins. I mean, you're competing with giants in the industry. We're talking, you know, crazy huge multi-billion dollar companies. Who am I to think I've got to sell a vitamin product just because I have a little social media following. It's like, it was seriously arrogant of me. I would say. Um, I love that. You know, who did like I think who I was. Who did, did I think I was? arrogant. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm definitely not arrogant. If anything, I'm the opposite. I'm like this. I like want to hide sometimes with JSL. So I, I just actually on that point, I was saying it in an interview the other day, This has not been comfortable for me. It's actually not, I'm not someone who loves to be in the limelight, who loves to be in the public, who loves to talk about my life. I have found being on social media really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and putting myself out there has not been easy for me. I've had to really challenge myself. You know, a lot of people in my industry, even they love it and good, like good for them. Like they love being in the limelight. They love talking about their life on social media. They love sharing everything, um, I love being the face of a brand. I actually genuinely don't like it. And to be honest with you, creating a product line was my little way of trying to take a step back from just being the face. Um, I just don't love it. It's just, it's just not what makes me excited every day. What makes me excited is connecting to the people, the community writing the books, creating the recipes, but not necessarily being the face of the brand.
2: Why did you choose to do that then? If that was something that wasn't really what you wanted to do, was it?
0: I don't know. It was, it was an accident, Mm. you know, when you're on Instagram Mm. or on a blog talking about your journey, talking about your favorite recipes, you don't. I mean, at that time I was doing it as a side passion project that just accidentally did well. I mean, I definitely love, I'm a people person. I love connecting with people. Mm. I love helping people. I love being of service to people. I'm a nurturer. I'm definitely a nurturer and a nourisher. It's just my personality. I love that. But if you had said to me, Jess, you're going to be the face of this big brand and this big company, I don't... Listen, I'm not complaining, but I haven't mm. found it easy. I think that's I haven't fair. found it easy. I think that's completely yeah. Yeah. reasonable. A lot yeah. of that resonates with me, actually. What, what... Because um, I didn't set out to say I want to be the face of a huge blog or brand or Instagram following. For me, I actually started JS Health when Instagram only first launched. Yeah. In 2011, 2012. Who would have ever thought that Instagram would have even been a thing then? Mm. I was just posting recipes and my fad dieting experience and my really... Trouble, problematic relationship with food and negative body image issues just as like a way it was like my therapy. Mm. It was like my diary. Um, I never would have ever have imagined that it would take off, you know, mm. and actually I remember why I created the blog in the first place because <laughs> I wanted to get clients for when I graduated. Wow. So I thought if I had this platform, a blog, um, and kind of a website, I would be able to easily generate, um, cl- a client base Late generation. Fantastic. Yeah. And I remember putting my contact details and being like, Oh my God, imagine when people contact me and saying, can we have a nutrition consult? And that was the first blog the the main area was, do you want to have a consult with me, Jess? (laughs) Um, so that was a, I think that was a big intention. Why I created the blog in the first place, Mm. along with this desire and passion to like share my story and see if anyone else there out there would resonate.
1: So I've got a question if, you know, building uh, your personal brand, is a struggle or just being the face of the brand is a struggle. What have been some of your guiding principles, um, to remain authentic to you and to the brand?
0: Yeah. So I just don't share when I doesn't feel right or comfortable. Um, I think what's helped me is when I just try and block out the noise of everyone else and everyone else's opinion and judgments. And again, focus on the community and will me sharing any of my own personal story or struggles or anything be of service to them? So if I'm struggling with anxiety, which I was and have been for the last two years, I am only sharing that because I think it will really help others in the community feel less alone with what they're struggling with. But I'm not just going to share my glamorous life because it's fun to share it. Like I I always am thinking, is this going to be of service or purpose to the community? And if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel like there is a purpose or a pure positive intention behind it. I really try not to share. I think what I'm trying to say is my life and my health and my personal life has always come first. JS Health as a business has not come first. It has definitely come right behind my first everything. You know, it's, and it's the love of my life with the other love of my life and the other priority, but my family and my husband and my health, my mental and physical health has always come first. You can't do it all. That's mm. what I've also realized through this journey. It's just impossible to do it all, to be it all, to please everyone. <laughs> I disappoint. I've been, I think another big lesson for me lately is being okay with disappointing people. Mm. I have to, I have to be, you know, like I have such a like I'm sure you guys do too. and it's okay to disappoint people by saying no. It's actually okay. and if they're good friends, let's hope they'll understand.
1: What else have you learned about or what have, what else have you had to confront about yourself uh, over this journey?
0: Um, I think I've got low self-esteem. I'm not a naturally confident person. As I said at the beginning of this conversation, I'm uncomfortable with success, and that must come down to a self worth thing. I have anxiety. <laughs> That's something I've had to confront. Definitely working on it. Always been in and out of therapy. Anxiety is the most recent one that I've had to understand about myself. Probably didn't realize you know, how anxious of a person I was because initially it was always actually my motivator and kept me kept my adrenaline up to keep pushing and being ambitious and building and studying and nourishing and nurturing. So it was always probably a positive for me, my anxiety that got me out of bed every day to do what I had to do. Um, but lately or the last year and a half, it's been quite debilitating. So I've had to really, really confront that. And anxiety is a monster. Um, and there is just so much to understand about it, so much to learn about it, so many different types of therapy, so many different types of medications, so many different types of vitamins um, and also lifestyle adjustment. So those are probably the main things I've had to confront about myself um, over the last few years and also owning it. Like, you know, recently we've had such enormous success. It probably happened a little too quickly. The last couple of months especially we've had, or the last year, we've had, you know, an insane amount of success and I don't know if I have owned it the way I should, I'm not comfortable with it. So I'm trying to work on owning, owning it and realizing that I did it myself and perhaps I'm worthy of it. So that's the latest thing to confront.
2: What's the story that you're telling yourself when you see that success and it makes you feel comfortable, uncomfortable?
0: Like why me? Why have I been, why was I the lucky one, the blessed one to, you know, have built a successful company, you know? Why me? Like I want other people to have the opportunity to do that. I feel like insanely fortunate. I also am always, you know, putting the success of Jay's help onto others. It's because of Dean, which I still I truly truly believe. It's because of Dean and the team. Um, so I think I need to learn how to say, No, Jess, like you worked so hard and you sacrificed so much of the last eight to ten years. You have given all of your heart and effort and every like, I really have given my all to the JS Hub community and brand. So I need to learn how to own mm. it and take responsibility for some mm. of the success that we've had.
2: What have been some of those sacrifices that you've had to make?
0: Probably having children.
2: Mm. Wow. Like
0: I can't even think of looking after something else. If I'm being honest, like I have. Well, we have like you know. Um, staff around the world. But in my team here in Australia, I have about 15 people in the office and they are my children, like I care about them so much. I am working my guts out every day and working hard every day to nourish them, to ensure that our work culture is healthy, wholesome um, and satisfying for them. They're all little mini entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. I want them to feel like JS Health is their own. Some of, you know, So I feel like I have so much responsibility with the JS Health community with my staff, with my personal life, I can't even think of looking after something else, Um, especially a baby. So that's like a huge sacrifice, I would say. Wow. Um, I think another big sacrifice is definitely being able to have a thriving social life. Um, Actually lately I've had so much more balance and I've been really, really trying to feed our social life and make sure that we have dinner parties and see friends because that, you know, when you succeed, you don't want to succeed on your own. Like you want to share it um, and just enjoy. Like it's, you realize it's just not all about work and the grind. Like you've got, you also have to let off some steam and enjoy time with friends and family. Um, And then it kind of makes your work feel better because I feel like if I feel when I, the weeks where I feel like it's all work, it just feels like an unsatisfying life. And then when I have those beautiful dinner parties at home and making the Jay's Health recipes and laughing with friends, suddenly it feels like I have more balance and I can enjoy work. When my day comes, I'm like ready then to work again. So I'm quite good at finding that balance lately.
2: Yeah. Do yeah. you think the sacrifices have been worth it?
0: Yes, actually. But they've taken a toll. So I think always when I do these interviews, I want people to know, like, when you look at my social media feed and you look at my, you know, the perfect photo on the front cover of my books, like you just don't see the real picture. Like it's been so difficult. It's been so challenging. I think people probably have, some people might have a very warped perception of Jay's health and the building of it. Um, and me, like just me as an individual. Um, and sometimes I've actually struggled with that. Like people don't know me, you know, Mm. and it's so easy to judge and have a specific perception of someone on social media. And we all do it. I do it as well, but it's not fair because actually you don't know someone through social media and through their books. And so I, I think something I'm trying to work on is really being feeling okay to be vulnerable, to share the challenges and the struggles because that's what everyone's going through, whether, so I like to share the good, but I also really like to share the hardships lately Um, and you know, we're, we're flooded with perfection on social media. I really want to, I'm really trying my best to shake that up.
1: And I think we've seen that this year. I feel like due to COVID people are being a lot more transparent and honest and raw about how they're feeling, what they're going through. So I, I do feel like there has been a shift.
0: There's progress. There's definitely progress. And, And actually it gives you or gives me and all of us, don't you think? Um, motivation to share our struggles and vulnerabilities when others do that's what's so powerful like when other people are sharing oh gosh I'm really struggling with anxiety right Mm. now then suddenly you feel less alone and okay to share your struggles and whatever it is you're going through so that's really I mean the positive of social media when women share their vulnerabilities or not women everyone shares their struggles struggles.
1: um, and then
0: together we um support one another yep
1: Absolutely. So you said with the pressure of having to continue to build and serve your community, where is the business going? And do you think it's going to be you at the helm forever and a day or are you planning on selling it? Is there an exit strategy? Like, you know, as you said, it's, it's, it's tough. And, and maybe there yeah. are some other things that you want to go after, you know, redefining <laughs> your success and, and working in a yeah, private practice. I,
0: I know. So that's actually been something I've been thinking about lately. Um, I think JS health will always be my baby. Um, whether we sell off the product line one day or not is, is still up for discussion. I mean, not sure. It's actually not the part of the business that I'm very much, um, a part of, so it's not, obviously I will be part of that decision. But whether we exit the product line one day or not is still up for discussion. It's JS Health is my baby. So it's incredibly, I would never, ever, ever give that up or sell that off, um, especially the JS Health part. So um, the vision for me is, yeah, I think honestly, to be able to go back into private practice in a couple of years. Right now, I'm in the grind of admin and I'm in non-stop meetings. I'm really in a corporate environment, Mm. (laughs) very, very Mm. different to how it was two or three years ago, you know, huge amount of staff in an office, back to back meetings. I've just had to hire for the first time in eight years, an assistant, a PA, never had one before just to manage my calendar, my personal life with my work life, with the meetings, with the nonstop interviews. So I'm really, really caught up in a, in a grind at the moment. So I think for me, the end goal would be to take a step back from that corporate life and go back into private practice. But I love, love, love the creativity and the product development. I develop all the vitamins. I put all the formulations together and I also still do recipe development. I still write some of the blogs. I'm still the one doing all of my social media on JS Health, not on JS Health Vitamins, but I'm still the one building the Jay's health Instagram, me solely. I do all the content and I still am the one replying to DMs. So oh, wow. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love all of that. So I, I mean, I hope to do that forever. Yeah. You know, the creativity, the product development, the recipe development, sharing my healthy life on social media that I hope to that. I hope that goes on forever. Mm. I think the thing that I'm one day hoping to do is to maybe remove myself from the corporate space and go back into private practice while still maintaining and creating products. Sounds exciting. It is exciting. (laughs) So you're a
2: qualified
0: nutritionist,
1: but I'm interested, what is your view on the health and wellness um, industry and the professionals or so-called professionals that are operating in the space that may not have a qualification? Are they damaging the industry? What's, What's going on?
0: I definitely think you have to be cautious because I, when I think of my five years of study, I remember feeling quite cocky and confident after like the two or three years. I'm like, I know everything. I can definitely go into private practice. I can definitely start a business. I can definitely do what I want to do. And then I went off to study nutritional medicine and I literally got the shock of my life because I still have to study. 10 years later, I still have to research. I remember doing that extra two or three years of study and being like, there's no way I could have gone into private practice without knowing this stuff, knowing how the body works, knowing how nutrients and minerals work in the body, knowing a little bit of chemistry and biology and anatomy. Like, oh my gosh, I got a big shock. So the truth is, having studied for five years and having to realize I still need to research and keep up my education makes me definitely feel that everyone has to be cautious with who they are following in terms of health and health figures on social media or blogs. You definitely want to make sure that they have credentials. You want to make sure they've had a good amount of study and they continue to study and they take it very seriously. Um, you know, that's all I have to say about it. Like, I just think the more educated someone is, the better it is. In this industry and it's a saturated space. Mm. There's way, there's way too much health inspo happening on, you know, YouTube as well. Like, and it's definitely misinformed a lot of it. I've seen lots of influencers, wellness influencers share information that I think is quite dangerous. So I think really, um, to all the listeners out there, just make sure that that person has been really well educated in health or nutrition if they are talking about health or nutrition or particular issues in regards to health. Mm.
2: You said that it was quite saturated, which is, you know, it's it's true. How do you continue to get cut through? Like it's quite noisy. How do you, Mm. how do you continue to build and and get new customers, new followers, new (laughs) listeners, you know? Maybe because
0: I've never changed anything. So the Jay's Health Mm. philosophy has stayed the same from day one. We have never latched on. We've never latched on to trends or fads or anything that's popular or sexy, you know, the keto diet or the five two or any of those things. We could have easily have latched on to different diet trends, um, in the industry and done that to keep building the business and our customer base. We could, have altered the philosophy and altered the recipes and altered nothing has changed from day one the philosophy has maintained itself throughout the journey so you know that's I think been a huge success for Jay's Health is how achievable and sustainable our health philosophy is Mm -hmm. to live a balanced life and eat well most of the time and not some of the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, exercise of balance. You don't need to kill yourself in the gym. Like our philosophy, I think, has been so sustainable for the community that it has had such um, long-term success. So the, the answer is I haven't changed anything. Um, and that's how maybe we've had cut through. Have you got any tips for us, for
1: anyone listening that is building a community? What are some key you know, decisions that you need to make early on? And then how do you continue to nourish a really healthy and
0: thriving community? Mm, That's such a good question. I think interacting with them is so important. Like I am still the one speaking to them on DMs. As I said, I'm still the one chatting to them on Facebook. I'm still the one, you know, replying to certain customers um, or community members on email. So the constant interaction um, and connection with them is really important because they actually can feel my love and care because of that. Because I'm replying personally to that customer saying, I just wanted to let you know, I'm so happy the magnesium has helped you and that our skin and digestion formula has completely cleared your acne. I just wanted to send a personal thanks to you and let you know how proud I am of you or whatever it might be. Just those little things of connection. Sometimes I just well, message love hearts to some of my core J's health girls just to check in on them, see how they're doing, um, send them voice notes. So I think the constant connection and communication with the, t- with the community has been huge. Um, I think, you know, people can feel when you genuinely care about them and I just genuinely do. So I would say to anyone out there, don't build a community unless you truly Mm. care about people and want to nourish them and look after them. And it's a It's like, it's constant effort and care and Mm. you know, it's, it's, it it can be quite draining. Um, so you have to be up for that to build a successful community.
2: Some great, great tips, some great thoughts there for sure. Love it. We have a few final questions. Yeah. To wrap things up. So, what's one thing that you're asking yourself right now? A question that you're you're trying to find the answer to? Mm,
0: in my personal life or my business life? Either. Any. How am I gonna really um, manage my anxiety in order to keep doing what I do? It's probably the personal one. And the business one is um, am I going to be able to, am I going to learn, am I going to be able to learn how to be a good boss and manager of my team and a good role model to keep ensuring that I build the business to what it needs to be? We always like to ask our guests, um,
2: to do a shout out to another woman who's helped them on their journey. Um, Mm. I know there's probably a lot, but who has been really pivotal for you throughout this journey?
0: Um, well, my first real employee, um, was Zoe, Zoe, and then Caroline who are, you know, part of our senior management team now. And oh my gosh, Jay's help would be nowhere without them. So shout out to Kaz and Zoe and Vic. So Vic is on maternity leave. That's why she hasn't come to my mind immediately, but she is, um, the head of recipe development and the app. So Zoe, Jody, Vic, and Kaz have been with me from the beginning. So shout out to them. Where did you find them? And Ash and all of them. everyone. Shout out to my team. Shout out to my team. Shout out to to my team. (laughs) Love love it. Love Love it. And
1: finally, what are you hopeful for? This can be in relation to your business, you as a founder, as a human being. What gives you hope?
0: Um, to be of service for things that are greater than myself and my own personal needs and my own personal life. I think at this point of time, I really want to be of service to others um, and have an impact in the world, not just my own personal selfish life. You know, I really want to give back. Amen. Beautiful. Love that. What a way to end.
2: Thanks, Jess, not only for your time, but also for being so open, raw and vulnerable about your struggles. One of our biggest takeaways from this chat was the importance of setting boundaries in your life and your business. As Jess said, saying no can set you free. Secondly, we really loved her tips for building engaged communities online, and we totally agreed that the most important thing is to be really genuine. In your conversations with customers or followers, get curious, ask questions, engage in real conversation and build authentic relationships. That is how you build an online community. And lastly, this got us thinking, what does success look like for Lady Brains? And what does it look like for each of us personally? Take the time to consider what success looks like to you. It may actually not be what you think or what society thinks. We'd love you to let us know your thoughts. Slide on into our Instagram DMs. Like Jess, we are in there every single day connecting with epic women just like you. You can find us at lady.brains and for all the action, you can sign up for our monthly business newsletter at ladybrains.com. Lady Brains is hosted by Anna McKenzie and
1: Caitlin Judd. The producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Matt Nikolic.